Our scripture reading for this morning is found in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. It is found on page 109 of your Bible in the, in the pew. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do great, greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. May God be glorified through the reading of his holy word. Pastor Steve and his wife Joyce have been attending the uh, World Mission Conference in Green Lake, Wisconsin. They are not here this morning, but uh, they have been learning a lot, I learned, that many missionaries have been able to communicate with them and share with them great stories around the world. And I understand that Daniel has just come back. Is Daniel here? And Daniel also attended the uh, Green Lake uh, Conference, and uh, he would bring back uh, great reports how missionaries around the world were able to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm sure when Pastor Steve comes back, he would have uh, many exciting story to share with you. And I think he enjoys our prepare to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ right here in Pasadena and in California. Working together with the mission committee, I think this church is positioned to make a great impact in many other countries. And uh, you don't have Ted and Joanna here this morning either because they are in Shanghai. They had been uh, there for almost two weeks teaching English to about 25 pastors from various churches in Hangzhou. And now they're in Shanghai and going to Beijing tomorrow and come back, I think, uh, in a few days. So we miss them. And uh, But we have Michael here. Michael had been to China, uh, I think, for two weeks. Michael, come. He... Uh, had been opposed last year to go to China to teach, but he had previous commitments and uh, not able to go. But this year, he committed with about uh, 10 other university students to go to China to teach English in a beautiful campus near Beijing. And I want him to share with you what he had uh, experienced. Come on, Michael. Um, Well, we taught English for two weeks. I'm sure you all know that. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to go to China last year. Um, you all, all of you who know my grandpa Daryl, he was very persistent about me going, and um, it just didn't seem to work out last year. And I was able to go uh, to China this year, and I know it was what he wanted, and he was the one who first introduced ECF to me and asked 
you know, first told me about this China trip. And in the beginning, I, uh, I was a little hesitant, honestly, because, you know, China is still a communist country. And I had those, that thought is in your head before you fly over. It's just questions go through your mind. How are they going to treat Americans when you get there? You know, communism still exists. I mean, it, it, it just runs through your head and it, it's a little freaky in the beginning, but you know, I got there and I didn't meet a single person that was unkind. Everybody there was just so amazing. And what I loved about uh, the kids at the camp was that they just were so attentive. They were so disciplined, and they just wanted to learn. And they were really able to learn from us. They paid attention to our every move. Um, It was not so much a trip where we were there to preach the gospel. It was a mission trip where we were to preach through actions and not words. And the Bible says to preach through actions and not words. And we had that opportunity. They were able to see our light. We were able to enjoy time with them and play games. And even now, I have kids emailing me, asking me how I'm doing. I tell, I had a girl this morning uh, message me on instant messenger on the computer. And I wasn't expecting it. And um, they're all still in touch with me. And I was able to tell her, well, I'm about to go off to church, actually. <laughs> and... Uh, there's just more room afterwards to really talk to them and uh, and tell them about the gospel of Christ. But I think probably the highlights of the trip were going to the Great Wall of China, which it really is a man-made wonder of the world. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, the other highlight was walking through the little town we were in in the pouring rain. And it takes about two minutes for the sewers to back up. In Shijia Zhuang, where we were, I don't know if I said that right, That's by the right. way. I said it right, okay. All the Chinese people said that I, I said it wrong, so. Um, I have that American accent, you know. Um, we walked through the streets of Shijia Zhuang. That's right. And uh, it was just pouring rain, and the streets were flooded. And Deke, who was on the trip with us, he goes to University of Nebraska. We were just walking along the streets in the pouring, soaking rain. We were drenched. And we loved it because we just walked along the streets. All the locals were staring at us like, what are those two American white boys doing walking in the rain? And we just, uh, we just waved at all of them. We're shouting, ni hao, and, which means hello. And they, they were all very cordial and polite. And, uh, that was just a good experience. You don't get to walk through China in the pouring rain very often. So that was wonderful. I understand, uh, Michael, that the mission committee will plan a uh, mission Sunday, so you have a lot more time to share. Yeah. Thank you for uh, your contribution to the ministry. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, <clears throat> China is still a communist country. And uh, I was born in China many years ago. I love that country. So about 26 years ago, I began to go back to China representing Evangelize China Fellowship. It took me uh, nine years to develop friendships with Chinese government officials and uh, Christian leaders. And you wouldn't believe, I couldn't believe either, that today our mission is doing documentaries of all the exciting churches in China. We have completed three churches in fact, uh, Joanna and Ted helped me to do the recording on narration of this church in Shanghai. There are three services every Sunday morning, uh, Sunday, two in the morning, one in the afternoon. 
Every service would have about 3,000. Dr. Billy Graham preached there in 1988. So many people went there. And I suggested to the government that I should do something for them so that people outside of China would be able to learn and to know what's going on in China and what God is doing. So they allowed me to bring my TV uh, team uh, there to film this church. We completed I, I had a few copies out there for you. I hope you pick them up. And this trip, we went to Hangzhou, where the largest Chinese church been being built last year, dedicated in May. And uh, also, uh, my TV crew was there and filmed that church. And that documentary will come out in about four months. And uh, I hope uh, you will get a copy. This church sits about 6,000, overflow into 8,000. It's bigger than this one. And I pray that uh, God will continue to allow us to do this kind of thing so that people around the world would know what God is doing inside China today. The scripture that was read to us this morning suggests that we can do greater things for God. Is it possible that we can do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ? I think it is possible for three reasons. Number one, Jesus says so. When he said we could do it, I think we can do it. Number two, the history proved it so. 250 years ago, a few Puritans came to this country. You wouldn't find a church here in Pasadena in those years. But today, the gospel is preached all over America. Many churches have been developed and is growing. And about China, yes, I've been back to China ever since 1980. I don't know how many times. China is still a communist country. But yet God is doing great things. You know, after 175 years missionary work in China up until 1949, they netted about one million Christians in many, many churches. But the communists drove them away, put the Chinese pastors in prison, burned all the Bibles, closed down all the churches. But since 1980, the policy has changed in China. They began to open up churches. Today I learned that they have reopened 26,000 churches in China, 18 seminaries, and they have printed 40 million copies of Bibles. Praise God. Uh, a few months ago, our missions co-sponsored the Bible exhibition here in America. One in the Crystal Cathedral, and uh, quite a few thousand people came. And then the second one in Atlanta City. The former president, Jimmy Carter, was a great supporter. So he came to cut the ribbon and introduce the Bible to the American people. The last one was in New York City. And that was a great one. The former governor from Hong Kong was invited to come and open that particular Bible exhibition. It was in that exhibition I met up with some a uh, leader from uh, American Baptist Church from Valley Forge. Because uh, of the recent uh, disassociation of the Southern Pacific Southwest from the denomination, I think there's some 
uh, uncomfortable feelings. I want to chat with them, particularly the Board of International Ministries, because they are the ones that bring the gospel to all the nations. I met up with a few leaders like Ben Chen and uh, Mr. Jones, the uh, interim director for BIM. He was great. He shared with me that, Paul, we all go through pain in our lives. Same here in the headquarters in Valley Forge. But the pain drove us to the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to do more for him in the future. So uh, it was a great encouragement to me uh, to hear from Mr. Jones, his new visions for the entire denomination, reaching out to the world. You know, I'm so grateful. A member of our own mission committee, Kim, is going to very Forge. Kim, please come up. And uh, she has been a real blessing to uh, our mission committee, uh, chaired uh, by my wife. And uh, we never know that uh, God opened this particular door for Kim to go from Pasadena, from First Baptist Church, for a seminary, to uh, the headquarters. I want her to share with you what God has in store for her. Kim? Good morning. Um, I need to share a little bit of my history before I can tell you where I'm going. I served as a missionary, a volunteer missionary in Nicaragua for two years um, before I came to Pasadena. And part of the reason that I came here was because of my experience. Um, I went to Nicaragua to serve, and I ended up serving and serving and serving until I was so tired out that I had to come and study. <laughs> so I've been here now, and I've been studying and studying, and I'm studying, and now I'm tired out, so I'm leaving. <laughs> um, but in that process of, of going from simply serving with my hands to studying the Bible and learning how to teach the Bible and share the Bible, um, God has sort of taken me on a journey, and that journey is now continuing and in the form of a job placement at International Ministries in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Um, I'll be working there doing the kind of the flip side of what I did in Nicaragua, which is helping coordinate the volunteer missions department. Um, we'll be working with churches, volunteers, individuals, groups like the group that Michael went with, and also um, people like myself who won't go for two or three years to serve in a, in a ministry. And I am just excited to see how God is going to continue to not just teach me to serve and not just teach me how to serve from biblical foundations, but also to, to learn to lead and to um, just continue to, to teach those lessons that I've been learning. And thank you. I understand that the uh, mission committee is planning a little uh, goodbye, uh, thank you luncheon right after uh, the service. We want to thank those people who contribute their life to the gospel ministry through uh, this church. I really appreciate the spirit that they put in and encourage all of us to continue to serve the Lord. It is possible to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. But the question is, how? The scripture that uh, was read to us this morning, three verses, suggests a few answers. So I would like to uh, share with you on four secrets or four ways that you and I can do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ today. 
The first one we found in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus told the people, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me. I think the first secret to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ today is to believe, to have a firm foundation of our Christian life. Belief can be replaced by another word, faith. Or have a strong, deep conviction in the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing exactly who he is. Not just a knowledge in our head when we come to Christian belief. Now, lots of people, they, yeah, accepted Jesus Christ, but it's only head knowledge. But I think we need to move that head knowledge from here down to our heart. And then daily experience this warmth, this uh, God's love in our lives, and then live it out in our community. Now, this is what I'm talking about, a firm foundation of our Christian faith. And that is a requirement to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Just building a house, you know, if you don't have a firm foundation, this house may collapse. So my suggestion to you, all my friends, is to review our Christian faith this morning. Maybe through the communion, you can review that. Lord, is my Christian faith strongly rooted in your word? The Bible, the scripture, is one of the tools that we could enrich our life and kept the foundation strong for the Lord Jesus Christ. The second secret or second ways to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ is to have a correct method. We got to do the right thing in order to build a strong foundation. Jesus told these people that if you want to do greater things, you need to Ask in my name. This is what he says. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. The first thing you need to ask. Now this means we need to pray. We need to communicate with the Lord and let him know that we have needs. Now, admitting that you have need is not easy sometimes. When we are growing stronger in the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't want to acknowledge that we are weak spiritually. We have many other needs. But Jesus said, well, you need to ask. Now, asking or praying is the correct methodology to build a firm foundation to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you admit that you have needs, you open up the communication channel and God will listen. Oh, this is my child. He or she has a need. I better attend to that need. So you open up the communication with the Lord Jesus Christ and he would listen in to all the needs that we would have. And then, after you pray, after you admit that you have a need, you expect a result, an answer. So I think having a correct methodology is very important in doing God's work or doing greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus demonstrated that in his own life to us. He lived 33 years on this earth. 
three and a half years in the ministry, but he spent a lot of time in prayer, asking his father to do things for him. Now, sometimes he spent a lot of time in the garden to pray, a long prayer. But other times, he's only spent a few seconds in praying and asking God. You know, on the cross, he's still praying, dying on the cross, and yet still praying, asking God to do the right thing. I remember uh, when I was a pastor up in Seattle, and uh, the congregation grew. We were building a big church. Now, you know, as soon as the roof was covered, the general contractor went into bankruptcy. It happened to be a Baptist. What do you do? Everybody begin to point a finger to the pastor, of course. And uh, we end with all the blames. It's okay. And then the finger point to the board. Finally, finger point to the building committee. We have 70 people in the building committee. Now, when 70 people are being blamed, something must change. So as a pastor, I said, now let's stop blaming each other. It's no use. The best thing is come to tell the Lord. So we started a prayer meeting. Eight o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, and uh, 11 o'clock the service. So if you want to complain, come to church and blame it unto the Lord. And that might bring you a shorter answer in a shorter time. Six people came the first Sunday. We go on for a few months. You know, end up we have about 230 people came to every Sunday morning to pray. It was in that particular praying time that God answered all our prayers. Nobody blaming anybody else. It was a revival in our Christian life. Asking God to do something for us. And then we had a new general contractor. We raised another $400,000. We completed a new, new building. And thank God that we admit we have needs. We come to him to communicate with him. And then expect an answer. And God did it in six months. We thank God for this beautiful church in Seattle. Another experience. Uh, last year, we invited uh, Michael to go to Urumqi. We sent 30 university students to teach there. And uh, we sent 30. It was in July. And all of a sudden, the airplane ticket jumped. 250 for each ticket. Just the tickets would cost $52,000 for 30 people to go. And we didn't have enough money. So when they came for the orientation on Thursday night, and I told them that uh, we don't have enough money, but the students said, are we going? I said, yes, you are going. Because we have committed to help the people in China. 750 people waiting for you to go. You just go. So 36 of us, we nailed down in my office, we pray and ask God to provide the needs. And uh, I think they left on Monday night at 12 or at midnight. So I went there. I told them a great story because Monday at 3.30, we received a check from a friend who sent in $10,000. Not for the tickets. 
He just felt that uh, he wanted to send us some money. So I told the students, you know, I want to tell this story. Your prayer Thursday night had been answered only in three days. And God gave us $10,000. So you can go at peace. You don't have to worry about your ministry in China. And God is very good to our mission all these years. But I think that this can be translated into our personal life if we found the right methodology to build a firm foundation and to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray. Communicate to God. There's a third secret that I found from this verse is to have the right partner. Jesus said, Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. He didn't say that someone else will do it. But Jesus said, if you ask in my name, I will do it for you. So I think this means Jesus wants to be partner with us so that we can do greater things for him. Yes, we have many partners in our lives. Uh, from our family, we have partners, partner with our parents, with our children, relatives. And then when we go older, we go out to the society, we work, we have partners in our uh, offices. And then uh, if you get married, you have a partner. But all these partners, this partnership are limited by time, space, and human conditions. No matter how good this partnership is, it is limited. Our church has lost a few good leaders this couple of months. Daryl, Ralph, J.R., and now Ed, these are great friends of mine. We've been friends for 20 years, except J.R. And they all have partners. But all these great partnerships are limited by time, space, and human conditions. But here, Jesus offered to be a partner with us. He said, if you ask in my name, I will do it. Which means, yes, he wants to be a partner with us so that we can do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, let's ask him today to be our partners. I, uh, I found a little poem. I think many of you had seen or read it. It's called Footprints in the Sand. It's very famous. And let me read it for you. One night, a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the skies, flashed a scene from his life. From each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand. One belonged to him and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of his life flashes before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times along the path of his life, there was only one set of footprints. He also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest time of his life. This really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. 
But I have noticed that during the most troublesome time in my life, there is only one set of footprints. I don't understand why when I needed you most, you would leave me. The Lord replied, My son, my precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During your time of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carry you. Jesus wants to be your partner today. So let's choose the right partner when we want to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a fourth method that I found, or the secrets to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ, is the proper motivation. Now, in the scripture here, we found out that in verse 14, so if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But if you go back in another uh, line, verse 13, there is the motivation for doing greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified. That is the ultimate that pure motivation that we ought to have. If we want to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we want to be faithful so that we can be trusted by many. We want to be successful so that we could be respected by many. And we want to be powerful and resourceful so that many would admire us. I think the best way is We want to be humble so that God's name be glorified. I learned a story that a handicapped woman in Moody's Church in Chicago many years ago, she was handicapped on a wheelchair. People at those days looked down at handicapped people. But she has a strong conviction that with all the handicap that she has, she wants to come to church Sunday morning, sat right at the door and she had a great smile and she would smile to the people who come in and smile to people when they left the church and that was her service to God and she told Moody that that's the only way that she could do she couldn't run she could do anything else but she could come to church and smile to the people and offer her love and her comfort her smile to those needing needy souls. And that was her way of bringing glory to God. Even with a handicapped body, uh, being looked down by many people in the society, but yet she was able to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my friends, I think our church here is positioned to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a wonderful pastor. You know, it's great to sit there and listen to his sermons. I was blessed every Sunday and I was here. We have a new team. I think God is doing great things through the new people who comes in. And Dan Hay told me that this year's uh, people contribute greater financially to support our mission. And that is comforting that people have a strong interest in our church. Yes, we are going through pain, a lot of it. So did Jesus. 
That's why he told the people, prepare to do greater things for the Lord Jesus Christ. It can be done, but we need to know the how. Here are four suggestions, my friends. Let's build a firm foundation. Believe in God, have strong faith. Let's have the right methodology. Let's communicate with God. Ask him to do something. Expect he would do it. And third, with all the partners that we have on this earth, let's not forget there is a partner is not limited by time, space, and human conditions. He will be with us all the time. And finally, let's develop a right motivation. We do greater things not for ourselves, but God himself. We want to glorify him. As we are preparing our heart for the communion, would you go into prayer? And the people who would help me to uh, conduct the communion, please come forward. And we'll spend a few moments in prayer and ask God to, uh, to bless this church.